You're listening to a news story on the audio version of The Taiyi. Thanks for listening. The Taiyi is a nonprofit newsroom that is funded by our audience. So, if you appreciate this article and you'd like to help us do more, head on over to support.thetaiyi.ca and become a Taiyi builder. You choose the amount to give, and you can cancel any time. Wildfire Smoke is Making Us Sick By Michelle Gamage, June 9, 2023 It's early June and there are 80 wildfires burning in the province, according to the BC Wildfire Service dashboard. There are evacuation orders in place for areas of the Peace River Regional District, and localities close to significant fires are blanketed in smoke. Fires are also bringing hazy skies to Vancouver and other areas of the province farther away from active fires. Across the continent, smoke is coating Toronto and New York right now. While smoky days and even weeks might be a regular feature of future Canadian summers, they're not something we should be complacent with, according to health experts. Wildfires burn everything in their way, says Dr. Melissa Lem, president of Canadian Association of Physicians for the Environment. That includes human-built infrastructure, like houses and cars, which release toxic pollutants. When we breathe smoke, we're breathing in fine particulate matter, which means we're breathing in particles that are smaller than 2.5 micrometers in diameter, about one-eighth the width of a human hair. The smaller the particle, the deeper it can get in your lungs when you inhale. Metro Vancouver issues air quality warnings when there are more than 25 micrograms of fine particulate matter in one square meter, says Jeff Dorkson, program manager for the Air Quality Advisory Program for Metro Vancouver. On a normal, non-smoky day, there are generally around 10 micrograms per square meter in Vancouver, he says. During smoky days, it's closer to 100. There have been smoke advisories issued in Metro Vancouver in six of the last eight summers, with 2022 and 2018 seeing the most advisory days with 22 advisories each, Dorkson says. Before 2015, it was rare to experience wildfire smoke in Metro Vancouver and when we did the effects on air quality were mild, he says. Then, on July 5, 2015, the sky was stained a hazy orange for the first time and pieces of ash gently fell, like gauzy summer snowflakes. The impacts of wildfires had arrived in the lower mainland. During smoke events Lem says she sees a spike in patients with respiratory issues, such as wheezing, coughing, runny noses, and headaches, and patients worried about their mental health, reporting anxiety and depression. Smoke events also cause a spike in cardiovascular problems, but those patients go to the ER, not her clinic, she adds. Because it's so small, Lem says fine particulate matter can get into your bloodstream and build up in red blood cells, which damages the cell, and can even kill it. Smoke causes inflammation in many different body systems, including your lungs and your brain, she says. There's no system in the long run I can imagine wildfire smoke would not be bad news for, she adds. It's really important to protect ourselves. Lem and Noah Quastel, Director of Law and Policy, Healthy Indoor Environments, with BC Lung Foundation, say the studies on long-term health impacts of exposure to wildfire smoke are sparse because we haven't been having smoky summers for that long. We're all part of a big experiment right now, Lem says. 
Lem points to research from Montana that tracked how wildfire smoke exposure impacted people's breathing two years after their exposure, and to research from The Lancet, which found long-term exposure to wildfires may increase Canadians' risk of developing lung cancer and brain tumors. We also know exposure to the pollutants in wildfire smoke can lead to cardiovascular and lung disease, Quastel says. When smoke rolls into town, public health messaging emphasizes individual action and encourages people to stay indoors, use air cleaners, be aware of the air quality health index or wear an N95 mask, Quastel says. That's all good advice, but can come with some caveats, he adds. Wildfire smoke can happen during extreme heat events, and when that happens, you need to make sure you won't overheat if you close the windows, he says. Wildfire smoke will make you uncomfortable and chronic exposure isn't good for your health, but not overheating is the most important, Quastel says. It's possible to not realize you're overheating, he says. During heat events make sure to monitor your temperature, take cold showers, visit a cooling shelter and check in on elderly folks and other people you know who may struggle to keep cool. Closing your windows when it's smoky outside mostly works when you've got an indoor air purifier, Quastel says, adding that indoor air pollution comes from gas stoves, solvents, and even furniture. Lem adds if you've closed your windows, you should also avoid burning candles or vacuuming. Ideally an indoor space would be cooled and have its air cleaned by a HVAC system, Quastel says. Portable air cleaners should be rated MERV 13 or higher, or have a HEPA rating. Portable air filters start around $200 and that's a cost you should save up and budget for if possible, Quastel says, especially considering how future summers are very likely to be smoky. One in five British Columbians have a lung condition and they'll be more affected by the smoke, he says, adding he has asthma and breathes better at home when he sets up his filter close to where he's sitting or sleeping. You can also build your own air filter. The BC Centre for Disease Control recommends buying an air filter from a store but also put out guidelines on how to build an at-home air filter. The TAI also recently wrote about the DIY air filters we use in office which were built with MERV-13 filters. Another low-cost solution is to wear an N95 mask, which are sold for around $3 each. When worn properly an N95 mask can reduce the amount of fine particulate matter you breathe by 90%, according to the BCCDC. Quastel says wearing a N95 while commuting to work is a good idea. Finally, spend time wherever the best air quality is if you have the flexibility to make that choice. If the office has good filtration, you're better off going there or going to clean air center than staying home where you can't clean the air, he says. Lem recommends people also keep their prescriptions up to date so that, for example, someone with asthma has their inhaler ready to go when smoky skies appear. But the most bang-for-your-buck clean air solution would be to do everything we can to end our dependence on fossil fuels so we stop driving climate change, which is creating wildfires and exposing us to smoke in the first place, she says. Quastel agrees, noting how current health messaging that focuses on individual action is a stopgap measure and more needs to be done to improve ambient air pollution and to avoid wildfires through proactive climate action.
BC could also follow Washington State and Oregon's lead and help low-income folks by home air conditioning units, Lem says, adding BC could go further and help low-income folks by machines that cool and clean the air. When asked when BC could see a program like that, Health Minister Adrian Dix didn't directly answer the question but told the TAI there has been substantial investments in indoor air quality in long-term care facilities and schools. The province will be publishing a report on the impacts of at-home air conditioners soon, he adds. Thanks for stopping by the TAI today. Anytime you're in the mood to listen to important stories written well, we'll be here. And if you'd like to keep independent media going strong, head over to thetai.ca and click on the Support Us button to pitch in. Finally, big, big thank you to all of our Taiyi builders who made this story possible.